That's honey. That's honey. That's honey. That's honey. Well, I've heard you for some time. Time for takeoff. I'm down for the ride. But then you said I hide. It's about to be a bumpy ride. You said trust me. I'll never leave you. Nor forsake you. So believe me. Oh, oh. So as I go up to new altitudes, got my eyes on you. But I can't lie sometimes, I get caught in the wind. The pressure can get too much, the air's just way too thin. But I know I pray for it. I know that I aim for it. But it's kinda strange when it's time to finally fly. It's too high. Welcome, welcome. This is the Simply King Podcast. This is your boy Rodney Perry King himself. And you just tuned into the Soulfully Conscious Podcast for humans simply being humans. And not only that, you have tuned into the very, very, very special, very special five-year anniversary episode. Give me a hand clap. Give me a hand clap, please. Give me a hand clap, please, people. Um... I really want y'all to understand that this is a monumentous occasion for the simple fact that um, I really, I have a lot of feelings. It's been a hell of a year um, for everybody <laughs> on this earth at this point. Um, so many people have been faced with losses so many people have been faced with so many different things um but i think you know we have to find the good moments find the moments where we can celebrate find the moments where we can find joy find the moments where it makes sense to smile and laugh and just rejoice in the blessings that you currently still uh possess and all throughout your life um i think for me um it was 2015 on this very day that I'm recording on September 12th, uh, where I released my first episode and, um, and I just really wanted, I really wanted to be understood that I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I didn't know why the hell I was doing it <laughs> at first. I just knew I just wanted to do it. I just knew I was felt compelled. I felt driven by the thought and the facts of I need to create something for me and I need an outlet and I need to make sure that what I am producing is something that makes sense for me, something, uh, something that I can stand behind, something that I can be proud to grow and nurture and build and something I could truly commit to and stay consistent with, honestly. Um, as I've said on other, you know, previous, you know, episodes where I'm, you know, speaking to the anniversary of a particular year, this one is the first real strong milestone since the very first year of Simply King. And that is five years. Um, 
it's 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 a trip to think about. It truly is. That I'm in a place where I can create whenever I want, whatever I want, say whatever I want on whatever subject matter. And who knew that that's exactly what I was going to do? Um, when I set it, set out this show, I think it was the motivations were really surrounded in me doing something so I could stay sane. I was unemployed when I started the show. I was in a relationship. Uh, I just moved. I was probably in Chicago for, you know, just right at a month by the time I started the show. I was um, feeling a lot of ways. Home. 24-7. Broke. In mindset and in funds. And I just... I needed to do something. And that was what I decided to do. And I felt... uh, It felt good it felt purposeful it felt like so much it was it felt like exactly what i needed i didn't know what the hell i was doing never really even listened to podcasts prior to me even creating my own and now i love podcasts i listen to them all the time (laughs) i am certainly one of those podcasters that listens to other podcasts a lot and it brings me reassurance now in year five that I've been able to develop my own voice, my own um, range of topics that I'll speak to and speak about and make sense for me to speak about those things and actually being able to continuously build off that. I, it's, it was hard as hell to describe my show to people when I thought, you know, when I thought to, you know, when I felt like I got the confidence to express that this is what I have going on and it's trippy as fuck because <laughs> it was like, you know, I talk a little bit about everything is what I remember saying early on. And now, you know, I tell people pretty straightforward. I think I finally found the language and that was like, it's a culture criticism podcast. I talk about various topics that are, you know, evergreen and timely um, that deal with us, you know, and it's coming from a millennial uh, perspective and um, a black millennial perspective. But, um, and then I may, you know, give people a rundown on just a few things that I've that have been reoccurring throughout my show, either being self-help, um, self-help, uh, speaking to about relationships and love, speaking to um, just societal occurrences and pop culture events. Um, yeah. And it and it's my shit broad. My shit is variety. And that's what I'm giving people some food for thought, something interesting to listen to. And I had to just lean into that as like, that's what your purpose is. That's what you're meant to do. Um, You're meant to capture stories from other people, capture um, so many different things. And I really, truly appreciate everybody who's been around for the long run um, since 2015, been tuning in, been checking out episodes. Even if you fell off, you know, you went back and caught up and I appreciate y'all because we made it here Um, with the, with the consistent listens to keep me uh keep me understanding that there are people out there there's somebody listening when it first started and you know things were very low in terms of statistics which you know I'm still to this day I think because you know as creatives and you know especially creating digitally you know numbers do matter um for so many different reasons but they are but you're supposed to still create as if they don't So it's an interesting uh, dynamic that you have to create for yourself so that you can stay consistent, 
stay uh passionate, stay feeling good about what you produce, um, you know, but I believe that, you know, everything happens for a reason. Um, and I'm starting to believe that, you know, everything is exactly uh, as it should be. And I think that's a new mindset that I'm accepting into my life. Um, but on this five year anniversary episode, I want to give you all a top five, um, top five, uh, you know, kind of, you know, moments or clips or episodes from the previous five years, highlights and stats, you know what I'm saying? Talk to y'all about numbers and just achievements that I feel like uh, that have been accomplished overall in, in these five years. I just really want to re, re, um, you know, connect to uh, goals moving forward. You know, I really want you guys to understand exactly what I want to, what I want to do. And, um, where I see this going, especially where I see this going in the times that we're living in um, with the types of things that are going on in this whole world, honestly. And um, and then I got like a special send it on for y'all, you know, obviously. Um, but let's start first with the um, Twitter check in. Let's get into this Twitter check in because I do got one for you that is so, so dear to my heart. So dear. Today's Twitter check-in is rightfully, rightfully. Inspired by girlfriends. The hashtag actually is girlfriends on Netflix, girlfriend Netflix, whatever. I see you TV one. That was cute. You already had the rights to it. It's crazy that multiple people had the rights to it at the same time, but I guess that's a thing. You know, it ain't that deep, you know, whatever, whatever. And it's crazy how they made it a marathon like this weekend. But anywho, girlfriend, on I'm going to let y'all know something. I love, I love, love girlfriends. I literally have a T-shirt that has all of the main characters' names on it, and I wear it often. Um, especially now, since you know niggas only literally wear t-shirts and shorts or or motherfucking joggers and shit in the house, like just lounge. You feel me? So all my t-shirts have been worn <laughs> heavily in this quarantine. Um, I love it for so many different reasons. Shout out to the brilliance of Mara Brock Akil, uh, for creating a universe, the Mara Brock Akil extended universe. Who knew up until honestly now? I didn't know that, you know, there was seeds of her characters kind of sprinkled throughout and that all these worlds are all interconnected, which is beautiful. When you think about it, um, when you think about the shows that are all interconnected from, you know, Moesha to the Parkers to, you know, to the game, to Girlfriends, um, all these various shows and these all kind of, you know, all taking place on the um on the West coast, it makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. Like it, it, it doesn't, it's not far fetched to, you know, have all these things very, be very connected. And, um, and Maya actually shows up in a season. I'm not sure which season of, um, of Moesha. Cause evidently live in Lamar park or something like that. And, um, and that's where Maya lives, uh, then. And I believe in the you know first few seasons of, um, of girlfriends, but, my Twitter check-in is specifically to talk about the, uh, cause I, I'm binging, you feel me? I'm binging cause 
I love them. I need to get the box set just out of pure respect of my fandom. Um, you know, they were robbed. It ended too it ended terribly, but you know, I'm not about to get on my um <laughs> on my soapbox about it. For me, I wanted to talk about the pilot real quick. Cause it was so many different things that, you know, for one, unless you really are into, you know, some nerd shit like actually like checking in on the TV guy to see what the plot of the actual episode is, you know, all those different things back in the day when the reruns came on or when the show came on and maybe you actually literally read the fucking TV guy, which I hope you didn't do. <laughs> like, damn. <laughs> um, like the actual like book. Um, I want to talk about the pilot. For me, I want to point out a few things about the pilot that are so interesting to me about just this show. Because I think, you know, when you go back and and once we know for a fact what the pilot of certain shows were, it makes so much sense why this shit worked. Why why people would come back each week to kind of come back and make and watch this. Because sometimes those pilots were instant classics. They were instant like, okay, tell me more. And I think this was definitely a pilot where it was like, tell me more. I want to know more about these women. I want to understand how they all came to be interconnected. Um, the pilot of which drawn a, a very interesting connection, very interesting connection. You have people like Prentice Penny, who is on the, you know, who is the showrunner for Insecure, who started the premiere episode of Insecure was what? The birthday. It was a birthday episode. And how did this start with Joan Marie Clayton. It was a birthday. It was her birthday. First, I just spoke about Maya being the connection between, you know, this kind of Maya Mara Brocka Kill universe, extended universe. She is the first person you see after this kind of, you know, jazzy intro and skyline of L.A. kind of comes in. She's the first person you see. And I think that is not only intentional, but smart as hell. And it's beautiful writing off the back. Honestly, probably no one really ever noticed that. Maybe it's a handful of folks who noticed that, um, who were really, really into, you know, keeping up with all the things on UPN. But it, I find it a, as a beautiful, beautiful intention to see and connect the dots now um, in my adulthood. Because you don't never, you never know what the fucking pilot is. You don't know. Um, you just know that you watched this thing on Rewinds. You've watched it live. You've watched it, whatever. But you just... Watch it as you watch it, but you don't really get the chance to really see things in sequence, especially when it's a show that's, you know, somewhat of a legacy show that gets reruns like this, um, that gets syndicated and reruns like this. But Maya was one thing. It being Joan's birthday was another thing. It was essentially the start of a very bad day. And um, and I thought that was so interesting to start it that way, you know, to start it with turmoil, to show so much of the personalities of all the people involved. Maya already showed you her personality right out the gate. Um, I think that the fourth wall breaking within, I believe, in the first, not, I think it was only the first season. I'm still binging. So I'm definitely going to clock when it finally um, stops, that they stop breaking the fourth wall. But I thought it was interesting that they added that into the, you know, the beginning of the show. And I'm okay with it going away because they did it so seldomly that you didn't really miss it. And and I think it was more so of a way to understand the the the, the thinking around Joan. You know what I'm saying? Because you because because when you do these things that are very erratic or whatever, whatever, or just showing the complexities 
and the contradictions that you may have with yourself and the lies that you tell yourself. I thought that I think that was what that display of that was just like very similar to how an insecure she has this mirror lady. You know what I'm saying? Had this mirror Issa that she talks to all the time. Um, I think that's very dope. And I think that's very cool. And I think that was a dope way to just not break the fourth wall, but to like keep it all within the story, especially with the type of uh, cinematography that is. I think it makes the most sense. Um, they established the Tony versus Joan, you know, kind of dynamic. Them being, you know, probably the longest best friends within this group, within this circle, but also having this uh, dynamic of, you know, of just how, how how they perceive life differently. They're very different people. Um, and I, I loved how they established that immediately. That was the main conflict of the entire show. Um, and then, hold on, what's what's this? What did I write down? Uh, oh, yeah. I think one thing that I um, noticed and I loved that everybody was uh, talking about it on, um, on Twitter was speaking to just the nuances that were occurring. You know, she was turning 29 on that day and she was so ashamed of it because she felt like she should have been married by now or at least engaged, should have been happily within a relationship, should have been already junior partner or at least senior partner. All these various things. Um, that she feel like she should have already gotten in life. Luckily, she did get that good news that she was going to, you know, more than likely be junior partner on that day, which probably was a good pick me up. Um, but I think it was interesting, you know, the small, subtle nuances that were established in the show that were also steadily and always kind of built upon throughout the show, throughout the show. For one, because I know we all thinking like, damn, she was 29 with this nice ass house in the middle of motherfucking, you know what I'm saying, L.A. And just fly, this house fly as hell, you know what I'm saying, ranch style, you know, modern, got a patio set. Like, it's just nice, you know what I'm saying? It was her grandmother's home, which makes so much sense. And then they, they if you watch, you know, enough of the episodes, you catch those small little pieces in the script that build on to the character that is that house being that she's remodeling. She's remodeling the house. She's painting. She's painting rooms. She's painting rooms. She's, you know, changed fixtures. She's, you know, making it into her own. And it's crazy because when I think about rewatching, she was that type of person. She was definitely that type of person to consistently, you know, keep her house in a very particular way. I wonder what her, her like, sign was you know what i'm saying like, i wonder what <laughs> they wrote like i feel like some characters i feel like some writers do think about that you know like there there are they are this type of sign and so they're going to act this particular way um i thought i thought it was just dope that it was a grandmother's home that she you know passed down to her and i just love the youthfulness that you know i feel like i could notice more than anything from this point in life than, than when I could before, because before I couldn't even, I didn't even recognize it. I don't think I recognized it at all that like, damn, she's pretty young. Um, I think they all, I think I got the vibe based off of their success that they were older and established. Um, but to know that they're 20, know that she was turning 29 and I'm right here at my, at, at the big old age of 27 and thinking about how she had so many things together in her life. Uh, it's interesting. It's very interesting. I think I'm really going to enjoy this rewatch. And the last thing was the establishing of a favorite restaurant. I thought that was so damn dope for some reason. You know what I'm saying? Like I always, 
appreciated shows like, you know, Cheers and things like that because in my head I, I, I always wanted places where, you know, go to a place where they know who you are, you've tried everything on the menu, you know, they got you if you're broke, they got you if you need a ride home, they, you know, just really that type of vibe, you know, in terms of where you know the owner, you know everybody who works there, like that always feels good. And I think I've never been able to do that <laughs> because it's kind of like, you know, you, you have a, a feeling for something else. Like it's never a one size fits all type of restaurant um, that you, you know, you can just usually make a decision on. And I think that's something that I'm going to do, especially with this 2020 shit and Corona and all that. I think that's one thing I'm going to make a goal for for 2021 is to find me a neighborhood restaurant that I just really enjoy or just some in the city that I go to all the time to just, you know, get whatever I want, get some drinks, get some food, get some takeout, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Just like, I like that that was a central focal point. Like it was black owned. It was black owned. It was, you know, they had a little bit of everything. They had different vibes. They had people in there mixing it up, trying to find, you know, trying to hook it up and shit. You know what I'm saying? It was packed. And um, they also had takeout and shit, you know, all those different things. I loved that they immediately established that this world that we're living in is very black. And um, and it's and it's black professional and it's black upscale and it's black bouge. You know what I'm saying? Bourgeoisie. I loved that that was the vibe and that was the energy, you know. Um, Girlfriends is a perfect fucking show. I would love to write something just as classic, just as uh, monumental as that show because it was so ahead of its time in terms of content in terms of what they were talking about literally in the first few episodes they tackled literally uh the 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 anxiety around goal setting and not reaching your goals by a certain time um and just getting older um just professionalism being um having a mixed group of friends from different income classes uh with different backgrounds all being black you know and all having these different viewpoints on life having these uh particular you know just uh bumps in the road in terms of dating and why those bumps in the road are valid bumps in the road you know like it makes sense you know if you're a person who knows what you want you want to state what you want and stick your stick to your guns it makes sense why the person a person like Joan Clayton exists and there's so many women like that who is extremely accessible extremely ambitious they want what they want and they aren't afraid to speak to it and, um, and point it out and just bring it up into conversation because they don't want to move without that. I thought it was interesting that she had a, you know, a three-month rule. I think it was even more interesting that her three-month rule was one of, we seriously got to be on some shit. Like, we got to be together type shit to then, you know, kind of get into this three-month situation, which is so interesting to me, which I think is something that a lot of women of today of still um, – participate in as a as a boundary as a standard for them which i think um i have my own opinions about i think it's nothing wrong with it but i think we live in an age now where i think you know the matter of kind of withholding sex can be you know it, it depends i think you got to really really align with the right types of people who that's going to translate in the best way because you it can translate terribly if you allow it to in terms of if you're trying to make a certain guy who you feel like meets a lot of your, you know, quote unquote standards kind of get into this program, it's a chance that he may not be that right person for that program because why he doesn't want to do it. 
Like he doesn't want to be the guy to have to wait 90 days to, you know, for you to feel, feel that he is deemed, you know, worthy of the booty. You know what I'm saying? Because in all, in all honesty, nine times out of 10, you already have made your mind up. Nine times out of 10, you've made your mind up in the first shit, not even the first month, the first week usually of communicating and some type of consistent kind of courting and, and all those different things that's happening or on the first few dates at least. So it's kind of like, I, I just don't believe in re- resistance and restraint when it comes to romance. And, um, and I think that's something that I'm really trying to grow more into because I think that's something that I have thought of for a long time in my life. And I really want to mature that thought process and really consider that thought process. And I think it's cool if you had de- varying degrees of people who want to, you know, set up their lives for certain things. But I think you got to align with certain people, not make people just go through that. Like they got to be like, that's something they want to do too. You know what I'm saying? But that's just me. That's just me. But that is my Twitter check-in. Let's get into the main convo. Let's talk about these top five moments from the previous years, the highlights, the, all the things let's get into all of that, please. So what I want to do is to run down um, top five clips, my top five uh, moments, which I've comprised and pulled clips from, encouraging you all also to go back and listen into the archive. I got shits, y'all. I keep telling y'all, and I've told y'all for the, this is my new, uh, I guess, catchphrase within this year. It's family size content around here. You know what I'm saying? I got stuff for days, stuff for years for you to listen to. Um, truly, truly. Love, love, love that, you know, I was able to stay consistent enough to reach this milestone. But more than that, that the five, the five that I selected are very special to me. I think they're very necessary. It was hard. It's like truly picking your your favorite child when you have 150 something episodes. Because uh, it's kind of like, you know, you don't really have favorites. I literally come on every episode, especially when I have episodes where I have a guest on, to say that it's special. <laughs> so every one of them are special to me. But to give myself the challenge of actually highlighting the progression of this p- particular platform, I thought it would only be necessary to give you my top five moments from the previous years. And um, I think I did a good job. If I could say so myself, um, one thing I can give away before I start with the give you guys the first clip is that all involved, all that I selected were really I had to boil it down to, you know, sentimental uh, value. I had to figure out, you know, and really figure out, OK, I love this topic. I remember that was fun. I remember the response for this one. OK, I, I love this person in real life and all these different things. So I had to bring it down and try to, you know, really create this Venn diagram of ways to create this way to actually make a top five in 2020. And I'll start with this very first uh, clip, which comes from an episode that I put out called Sounds We Play featuring Janice Brewer in 2019. It was uh, actually coincided. I remember I made the cover art very reminiscent of the uh, Chance, to Ra- Chance Rapper's uh, last album, which was uh, infamous, to say the least. But the t- the whole episode was speaking to my best friend, a uh, friend that I've had for, shit, <laughs> almost 10 years now, um, met in college from Oakland, 
um, currently uh, working within music management and honestly just all creative management, uh, creative management as a whole. Shout out to Just Management um, doing big things out here. I can't wait for her to, you know, flourish, get people under her belt, get assistance, get, you know, uh, other, you know, managers and slash agents and build up this management uh, agency because that's what it's about to be. You know what I'm saying? It's about to be big, big shit, big time. Um, shout out to her. Shout out to Chastity. Shout out to all of her, you know, the current people that she's working with. Um, but it's so dope that I'm glad that we talked about what we talked about in this time because it was right in line with what she's doing now and what her passions have always been, and that's music. Um, she's Janice is great for making playlists, has made several. You can find her on uh, Apple Music uh, right now at, uh, at um, Just Janice and find all of the playlists that she's made over the over the years. And um, I believe she actually made one like right after this particular episode as well that you can find as well. And um, But she's great. Great ear for music. Uh, Oakland bred, you know what I'm saying? Oakland as hell, you know. Lover, funny as hell, goofy as hell. It's my, she's my sis. But I, I'm going to give you guys this clip and let me know what y'all think. Absolutely think that that makes such a big difference. Um, I'm trying to see what else can I say about that. But when it comes to to playlists, I think it also comes into like, yes, what do you yes, think is going to yes. fit you best? Yeah. But what was the other question that you had for me? Because I, I feel was like saying I'm, how do how do artists how have you noticed artists utilizing playlists? Oh, pff, let me tell you, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is my conspiracy. Thing. Yes. So I'm about 100% sure that most artists end up just putting their label mates. And consider that Atlantic is one of the biggest they win labels. This shit. They got some they got some players up there. They the winning okay? this shit right now. Um I was say but I think what happens is is that with, you know, like uh with different uh phrases and themes going on, for instance, this hot girl summer, hot boy summer situation. Yep. Um, let's shout out the last uh <laughs> Oh yeah, 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 summer. lukewarm summer with Taylor Crenshaw. Check that out. You know what I'm saying? Check that out. Um, but with that coming out, I don't know if you saw even, and I guess kind of playing back into Twitter, that Future came out with a with hot, hot boy, boy summer, summer for Spotify. And I was dead. <laughs> Which was dead. clever marketing. It was it, like, I even though it's a troll, it's like this troll going to make, make money. It is. And then on top of that, also what makes it fun is because you get to supposedly hear what your favorite artist listens to right so it's it's like okay like you know i wonder like you know i love future but i wonder what 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 makes future rock like you know what i mean like what makes him say like what like when he riding in the car what he blasted like yes for you to be able to have that access i think it just also plays into like consumerism and like Mm. being closer to your artists and things of that sort yeah that's like even for for like megan the stallion i think she's dropping her new song so what I want y'all to understand is that she is uh, great to talk about music with because she, like, will go there with you, you know, will really go there with you in terms of just the idiosyncrasies of way, you know, of how the music industry has been moving throughout the years. Because all the shit is so fascinating, you know, when you really think about it, just how people, you know, are artists and how the, the business behind it, you know, affords these other kind of like ways to be creative with yourself and creative with, you know, distributing your music. Um, and I, and I love that, you know, 
the passion that she spoke about when it came to this and that she's literally coming up with fucking conspiracy theories when it comes to this. She's going far, y'all. Just understand that. Be ready for it. Don't don't say that you didn't hear it from here, your boy, first. You feel me? This next clip. This next clip comes from another friend that I've known just as long as Janice. And shout out, shout out to my brother, Jawanza Harris. An episode that we did in 2018 called Wakanda Forever. Um, rest in power to Chadwick Boseman. Um, I think that shook the world. I think we all are still reacting from that because it truly was something that made us all kind of pause. And, you know, to have something like, have a moment like that twice in one year is always too much. Um, but this was a great episode, um, really kind of culminating on a great fucking weekend where. Me and him actually seen, I actually flew out to L.A. so that we could watch the movie together. It was All-Star Weekend in L.A., 2018. Got there on like a Thursday night or something like that. And um, it was lit. It was lit. It was a good time, and it was such It was such a good time. And I really um, enjoyed it. He really showed me a good fucking time in L.A. I really, it really put a, the best impression of what L.A. can be um, from somebody who's, you know, native and bred there. Um, but also too, he is, uh, he got his major, he majored in film, got his degree in film, uh, from the illustrious Clark Atlanta university. So I wanted us to, you know, we was already talking about it a lot. We already knew for a fact we was going to do a review type of episode around it because we knew we could just chalk it up and talk about it. But, um, I love it. And I feel like his take on it was something that is still, still prevalent till to this day. Um, and honestly, it's still a topic of discussion when you talk about, um, Blackness within the diaspora, you know, playing various, uh, playing across, you know, various lines of, you know, of characters uh, with various backgrounds that may not uh, may not really align in full with who they are, but they align at least in complexion and some type of uh, connection with ethnic group. But let's hear that clip. And y'all let me know, you know what I'm saying? Y'all, I don't know why I keep saying let me know what y'all think. Like y'all gonna let me know in this moment, but <laughs> you know, uh, Truly, truly, uh, if anything, suggest you to go and listen to the full episode to hear their whole conversation. All right. Let's hear that. The casting was impeccable. Why do you think it was impeccable? um, One, I think think it was impeccable because um, here we have a we have we have people that are Caribbean. Mm-hmm. A part of the film. We have people that are from the UK. A part of the film. We have people that are that are African. A part of the film. We have people that are um, black. A part of the film. So it that that to me alone, because a lot of times I feel like we we get into this um, into this place where we saying, well, Africans should only play Africans. Yes. You get what I'm saying? Our Americans should only play Americans. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, like a lot like a lot of that bantering goes back and forth with in this in this film you see all of us coming together and, and you and, and creating this you united um Wakandian. You get what I'm saying? What Wakandian people. Mm-hmm. So I mean to me like on a with that like just with casting, like what that says to to people that's watching the movie is like listen we all Wakandians 
Like, you know what I'm saying? And, and, me, and going back to that point, like, we're all, we're all descendants of Africa. Mm-hmm. Like, and, 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 like, where Ryan was, like, when Ryan was talking about, because um, I heard an interview, too, where he gave an example of he was just, like, they was telling him he was about to be a part of this ritual and stuff like that. And um, But he was, like, and they was, like, you know, um, so he's asking him, like, so when's the ritual? And basically, he's at a barbecue. Like, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? He's at the, he's, like, at a backyard at a backyard function mm-hmm. um, with with his family, and he's saying like, "Yo, I do this. We do this in Oakland too." Like, you know what I'm saying? So this is, and it's just kind of like, and that's wow. something we didn't even know that was a something they did, you know? Okay, okay, okay. Love Juwanza. Um, shout out to Juwanza. Great morning. Go to go to his page uh, at King underscore Juanza, I believe, to check out uh, the various things that he has going on. From his, you know, his single that he dropped called "Come Different." You know, word on the street is that he gonna he gonna drop a whole project filled with things. I hope he does that. But he is constantly writing, constantly working on um, visuals as well. He's such a he's such a eclectic and multifaceted artist. I implore you, I implore you, you will be remiss if you don't get him into your life and into your uh, awareness to consume and be inspired and be uplifted. By his uh, by the ministry that he he puts out in terms of his great morning uh, kind of morning weekly morning show, but also just his artistry as a whole. I love uh, I love the way that he takes care of himself. I love the patience that he has with himself. I love his spirituality and how he you know how he approaches that because I think it's always hard in the times that we live in. But nevertheless, I know what he creates and the person that he is will benefit the world. And I and I'm so glad to be someone who calls him a brother and calls him a friend. Um, but this next clip, moving on. This next clip is from one of my favorite people. We are truly kindred spirits. If I've ever heard of the phrase, by definition, by just by just by sure definition of what kindred spirits means, I feel like that is exactly what we are and who we are. I've never been around this woman and been unhappy. I've never been around this woman and felt un- unsafe. I've never been around this woman and felt a bad vibe. I've always, always, always learned something every anytime we've spoken to each other. We've always been on a similar wavelength. Uh, we are truly, truly connected in so many different ways that I, we probably can't even fathom. Um, maybe our past lives knew each other very well, and that's why we feel the way we feel about each other. Um, I'm talking about V, the poetist, writer, creative V, who um, who has blessed me with several, several different, um, with several uh, episodes uh, on my podcast. Um, I believe she's been around, I think I believe she's been done about like three different uh, episodes for me. And she's honestly becoming a, a yearly kind of like check-in type of, uh, type of thing. You know, I implore you all to, you know, really check out all the episodes I've done with her. But this particular episode, this clip, what comes from the second episode that she did with me called Me, Myself, and Love, which uh, was uh, published in 2017. Um, It truly was a, how can I say? um, It was hell of a moment. I just moved. I, um, a few months prior to that, I had, you know, Ended a whole relationship um, with someone that uh, I was with for almost almost two years, and um, 
and it ended on, you know, very, I guess, neutral terms to a certain degree. I don't think we were, it wasn't a, a terrible or bad breakup, but I think it definitely was a lot of perspective that was needed. It was a lot of um, healing that was needed um, within that time. And I, and it was crazy as I remember recording this while my mom and my niece were visiting me here in Chicago. And, um, and I needed all of that. I needed that physical presence I needed the physical presence of my family. I needed, I needed, uh, I think I needed that conversation with her and didn't even know it. Um, and it truly helped me find healing, find the, find a way to, you know, push on and, 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 and make sense of what my heart felt, make sense of what to do next. Uh, all those various things. It truly let me put in perspective how much, work I had to do for myself. And I think it was truly that starting that journey of me, you know, redefining and amping up the level of self-love that I gave myself. Um, so you guys, check out, check out, check out this clip right here. I think that's really, really, really interesting. But you tell me what you that think. Is do you think, do, have you noticed that too? What that black love exists? <laughs> oh, not just black love is, exists, but first, is it? Do you find it to be different as well? Oh, absolutely. Let's look into the the demographics of it. All right. Mm -hmm. So, and we can even take it to to social media and present day issues that we're facing with with black love. Mm -hmm. So you have, you have people that enter into the media and they say things, you know, specifying their black love. Oh, I don't want to date anybody my skin complexion or. Oh, I like light skinned men, light skinned women, light this, dark this, she's pretty for dark. You know, these things and we we hear these things, we're exposed to these things, but we never sit back and think to ourselves, what is black love for me? Yeah. And when you when you break it down and, and anything that I say thus forward is not to discredit interracial uh, relationships or suggest that I don't believe anyone should date outside their race. Maybe. But ask yourself, would you rather enter a relationship with someone and they understand you? Because from an, a societal point, I understand you. As a black woman, I'm oppressed. As a black man, you're, in a, you're oppressed. So here we are. Do you want to be understood and motivated? Or do you want to be pacified and suppressed? Mm -hmm. And I don't think people realize that's something you can experience because you have people that go out their way and say, oh, well, I want to date a white woman because she's easy. A black woman has a lot of attitude. Well, you're someone that wants to be pacified. Like, mm -hmm. you want someone that's, that's easy to push over, that they don't have to respond when they listen to you. They just have to listen. You don't want someone that tells you, okay, I see where you're coming from, but this is a, a, an alternative way you can go about this situation or here's a way of, of looking at it or looking at yourself black love is understanding that a force to be reckoned with exists that motivation exists inspiration exists you know it's it's a different type of correlation between understanding somebody because here here you are self-love when you meet somebody that's also self-love given the circumstances are at this level and 
they're they're now at their purest state. They've allowed themselves to be to know what they want, know what they want to produce, know what they want out of a relationship, know what the extent of the relationship they wanted to go. But they're they're acquiring they're acquiring your help to achieve a different level of self love because you might have the missing pieces. You might be someone that I'm willing to sacrifice for, or someone I'm willing to grow from. Or someone I'm willing to allow to see the nooks and crannies of everything that everybody else can't see, but you'll love me and it'll be amazing because what we will demonstrate as far as support for one another and love for one another, it will influence everybody else to, to maintain the same type of of love. Because if you see black love and you see like, hey, they might be might be you might be the perfect twin flame relationship. And everybody's like, wow. It's like experiencing, you know, it's like watching a love affair happen between friends and you can't explain it. Yeah. Yeah. I had to let that one rock because it was just it was hard. It was hard not to <laughs> let her get her shit off. <laughs> it was hard not to let her get her shit off, y'all. But, um, man, I love V. Y'all hear that shit? Did y'all hear that? Like she makes dropping gems whimsy, whimsical. You know what I'm saying? Like, golly, still, still very relevant, to, uh, relevant to this day. Came out three years ago. Um, I and one thing to point out, I do not put songs in the back of my voice like I used to. <laughs> put uh, instrumentals in the back of uh, the episodes like I used to. By way of suggestions, um, I believe I did a survey last year. I think. Um, that kind of, you know, made me kind of outlaw that within my editing. Um, just so people could, I, I honestly just didn't think people would just want to hear my voice, be honest with you. And, um, but you know, growth, growth out here, growth, growth out here. Um, then the next clip is, comes from an episode that I actually did a redo of for my 150th episode not too long ago. Um, not too many episodes ago, honestly, uh, being um, featuring Ty Coleman. This is the first time I had Ty actually featured. This is the first time I had a special delivery episode. Uh, a lot of very kind of, you know, monumental, you know, inaugural things that occurred in, in that. I love Ty so much. She became she is now the most guested <laughs> guest of mine on uh, on the Simply King podcast. And I think that's well deserved um i think we have hella we have beautiful chemistry with each other um she's one of the few people who uh loudly and proudly lets it be known that she loves gemini's because a lot of people who are gemini's in her family she loves a lot so you know shout out to her for that <laughs> but not only that i really truly believe in um ty in a major way because she's a genuine person she's a genuine companion a genuine friend she reminds me of she reminds me of my mom and the level of friendship that she can provide to her friend group. My mom is a hell of a friend. And that was for me. I noticed that at an early age before I even was mature enough to understand what an adult, what adult friendships could look like, how loyal and dependable and open and nourishing uh, my mom was to her various friend groups. Uh, Ty is exactly that. You know, Ty is certainly a person who, lets people gives people room for them to be themselves and applause them for being themselves all the time. Um, but also, you know, it will give you suggestions. We'll, you know, critique 
the uh, the things that you you know do for, do with yourself with the, with your passions and um, and also steadily support your passions. And I think that is so necessary. We need people like that. But here's a clip from that particular episode, um, which was published in 2016. Uh, shout out, shout out, <laughs> shout out, shout out <laughs> to uh, <laughs> to Courtney and Leonard for being the inspiration for that episode. And uh, we're going to continue, continue on to questions Give if you, you, this, you are unsure about where you stand with somebody ask that question don't feel awkward and when you get that answer really ask yourself do you want to continue to be there mm-hmm. you know like ask that question just say what is this what what are we and if he gives you an answer that you're not cool with or if she gives you an answer you're not cool with walk away but if you stay that means that you are enabling those habits and you're enabling what what it is to come very true very true yeah. But we got to kill situationships. We got to kill situationships. We got to be honest with ourselves and with the opposite sex or maybe same sex. If that's how you get down, that's fine. I don't care. But, you know, it's just we have to be honest with whoever we are pursuing uh, when it comes in that sense. And, you know, we just can't be naive and we have to see the signs and run with it. Don't think that the signs are just... Now, now, um, I think, you know, everything is, you know, as it needs to be (laughs) in terms of, in terms of understanding, um, why we need to move the way we need to move. I'm glad I did these in the sequence that I did them too. Ain't that crazy? It went from like talking about art and like cultural shit to now it's kind of getting into this more personal social thing. And I want y'all to know something. A nigga is um, cold at this shit. You feel me? I'm cold as hell at this shit. <laughs> and I really got to say that about myself. I'm cold because my, as I said at the beginning of the episode, I've always wanted my show to be range, have range. And I really, really am glad that that intention was followed year after year after year because I'm literally plucking episodes just from these random years, and they're all different from each from each other. And I think that is beautiful. Um, so what's next? Last but not least, I have the second episode of the Simply King podcast, which was titled chivalry deceased or obsolete featuring alexa heard alexa heard was my first guest one thing i had to um understand and had to honestly come into um highlight with myself when i reflect back on my podcast and that is oh um i feature a lot of women and most of the time that was extremely unintentional not even on some like i don't I, I, unintentional it was positively unintentional I'll say because I wanted the people that I wanted to be on my show because I knew that they would bring exactly what I felt like was needed for that particular topic um for that particular topic I what I noticed is that I featured out of the you know 50 some I guess that I've had 50 plus some of my guests that I've had on my podcast, majority of them have been black women. 
And when I think about, you know, how there's been campaigns to protect black women, how there's been, you know, hashtags to, you know, protect black women and all these various things and, you know, push black women up and give them platforms and highlight their voices and support them, pay them, so on and so forth. That's something that I've honestly uh, been on. And I, I, I think I didn't think of it as a way of like, oh, this is my thing because it wasn't it, like I said, it was unintentional. This is just genuinely and organically who I believed I wanted to speak to about these particular topics. I think um, that is my that was the network. That was who I reached out to. That was what I tapped into. Um, that's who supported and I, I, my the demo on my show of uh, when it comes to listeners are majority black women. And I think, you know, all of those things are, you know, I'm okay with that. I think that's exactly how it needs to be. Um, I I would love to, you know, grow those demos as time passes. Um, but in terms of being a black man where black women don't mind listening to me on a weekly basis, it's commendable. Um, especially in the world that we live in where black men are uh, have a lot of work to do in so many different areas, rightfully so. Um, I've spoken about it in so many various episodes on my podcast over the years. But here I have uh, the last clip, the last moment, which occurred in 2015 uh, with Alexa Heard about my episode talking about chivalry, which is something I might revisit. You know, I'll do that again. You know, I don't know where we at with it, but (laughs) back in 2015, I think it was definitely a, a pretty good hot topic. Let's see what she said. It, it could, I feel like in some ways it could be a, a mechanism of control, but what do you think? I mean, it's, a lot of it has to do with the people involved. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure there are men who abuse, like, who abuse chivalry in an attempt to exert control over mm-hmm. women and false generosity and to, like, hang it over their head or, you know, to assert a certain dominance. But like I said, that depends on the person and not really the act itself. Hmm. It's like how you intend to use the act. It's like there's this quote that says, um, if you always hold the door open for people, you can't be angry when they don't say thank you because they didn't ask. Hmm. And that's true because they didn't ask. Mm -hmm. So when you do things like that, people have to remember chivalry is one of those things that has to be out of kindness. Hmm. And you, it's not supposed to warrant things in return. It's not supposed to be something to use for domination and control. Then that's not really chivalry. That's just abuse. Hmm. So, 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 so. Alexa is not only brilliant, she's been on my podcast about, I want to say about three times. Yeah, I think. And that's and that's another just just like what I said before I played the clip, the people who have been on my podcast the most are women. Ty has been on there the most, I believe, with four episode four to five episodes. Then after that, you have V, Alexa, uh, Sophia, um, shoot, who else? Yeah, literally the top four people, maybe even top five. Because I feel like it's been definitely been people who've been on my podcast for uh, more than twice, uh, at least twice. Uh, I think that's a, the, where a lot of people get to is like that two mark. Um, yeah, Eddie Kahn, you know, and I believe out of the males, it may be Stretch. Stretch may have had, had the most podcast uh, out of any man. But, um, yeah, the top five 
are like mostly women. And um, and I'm so glad to be I'm so proud of that. Um, I'm so, so proud of that. And because I think, you know, it shows that, you know, I'm on the right. I was on the right side of history before that was even a phrase to be on the right side. <laughs> and um, and 2015 was a hell of a year. It was the year I graduated, year I started the podcast, obviously. And um, year I moved to Chicago. It was a lot of shit. Moved. It was a lot of shit happening. <laughs> and I really, 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 really enjoyed that. Uh, enjoyed that that was something I established. And let's dive right into the highlights. Let's jump right into the highlights. So highlights throughout the years, um, I've been able to accrue well over, you know, well over in the, you know, just about 30,000 um, listens on various platforms. And I want to give you that kind of figure to kind of put in perspective what it's like to do things on your own from the ground up with no uh, with no kind of big money budget backing and all these different things. Um, and it's and I have to take that in and be like, you know, over these five years to get that even just that many people to check you out is um, it's incredible. Um, it's crazy and incredible. I actually uh, changed the podcast host that I was utilizing. So majority of my analytics are, you know, kind of scattered uh, from from what I had on Spotify, uh, what I had on uh, SoundCloud versus what I'm hosting with now being Podbean. But uh, based off my calculations of what they were when I left that uh, platform to what they are now, I'm just about at 30K. And um, and I fuck with it. I fuck with it. Obviously, United States are, you know, the... Obviously, United States are the... <laughs> are the people who have listened to me the most. So, like I said... To break it all down, though, to shout out the people who need to be shouted out. Evidently, the most that I have in terms of listeners as its current past year or so and so on and whatever. This came from California. Knows how to party. California knows how to party. They've been fucking with me hard, y'all. They've been fucking with me hard as hell. With majority of the uh, majority of the listens over the uh, past five years, <clears throat> shout out to all my homies and uh, all the homies I have in California from California. Literally three three of the <laughs> three of my best friends are from California, so I guess that all makes sense in terms of just them pushing it out to the peoples over time, and you know, meeting their family, meeting their friends, and them supporting the show in any way that they did, uh, and so on and so forth. So it's I'm with it. And people who more than likely probably moved to California, all that shit, you know, it happens. Then after California, you have Illinois, which makes sense. I'm in Illinois. In Illinois, I would love, honestly, to be very honest, I would love Illinois to be number one. Um, and I believe that's going to be a goal of mine while I'm here. I want where I'm closest to, what's closest to me, to be the people who are listening to me the most so that I can get shit off, get shit going, tailor things to them. Um, so I could do it cause they're closest to me. So we can do live events and all those different things. Um, if that makes sense, <laughs> obviously, if that makes sense, <laughs> uh, in a COVID safe type of way after Illinois is Georgia, which makes sense. I have 
large network. A lot of the, my guests are live are based in live in Atlanta, so it just only makes sense. Then Virginia, which I think is more so a newer thing. It's a very newer thing of this of uh, the past few years. I've had on only I've had on about three. I've had like three different guests on who have some type of connection to Virginia that I knew of, <laughs> but maybe it's more than what I know. Um, shout out to Taylor. Shout out to uh, uh, Kajami. Shout out to um, Michael R. Will- Dr. Michael R. Williams. And then number five, um, which also makes the most sense, being Tennessee. Tennessee uh, is where I was born, but also, you know, people where I'm from, they, they don't follow. They follow me because they know me. <laughs> they may not follow me for the podcast. So I always got to put that in perspective. Um, but I appreciate all of the hometown listeners, no matter where you are and where you're listening from. Um, I appreciate y'all. And I know that you guys want to see me all the way at the top and shine. So you can tell people that you know who the hell I am and that you had classes with a nigga and that you fuck with me and that I'm goofy as hell in, in person in real life. All right. Um, other stats are just, you know, I, I brought on another international guest that I've never spoken to before um, in this year being Sabi Kerr. Um, shout out to her. She was a guest that I had on not too many episodes ago uh, from across the pond. Uh, I, I really, really want to continuously build the uh, build my brand to be something that is global, that people can listen to no matter where they are, where they're coming from. Because I know that the content that I'm creating is one that is can speak to multiple people to multiple in multiple languages uh, and really translate it in various ways. Um, one thing that I really want to get into is my goals moving forward. And then I'll wrap this thing on up. My goals moving forward, um, more daring topics, more taboos. I really want to talk more about the things that I feel like we don't talk enough about or the things that seem to be, you know, very tense field. I'm not trying to solve problems, but I'm more, more so trying to start conversations. Um, and if those, if solutions come out of those conversations, if I can highlight people who are trying to find solutions, um, that is a goal of mine moving forward in the next five years. I want to be able to be in that conversation of, of talking about things before they became major issues, talking about things as they are major issues that need to be, you know, highlighted even more. Um, episodes that I've had, such as, you know, speaking to the Libyan, the Libyan slave trade, which was, you know, an episode that I think people probably slept on. But I think it was like something that needed to be spoken to to me. Uh, I was definitely in my, you know, international journalism bag, I guess. But I was like, I got to talk about this. And it was a special delivery episode, but it was that type of stuff is are things that I want to talk about more of. You know, I want to talk about human sex trafficking. I want to talk about the phenomenon of, you know, of of men dating younger women and that being in, in the varying levels of that and how that shapes our culture. Because it's been it's now at a point to where we can speak to that with in detail, um, where we can look back and see all these public figures who dated publicly very young women and also women who are underage and why that is and what that is and, and what's going on. Um, I want to have conversations uh, with people who are in polyamorous and polygamous relationships. I want to talk about this taboo shit, you know, and, um, and let it be known that I'm really trying to 
express that I really want to have all conversations, all types of conversations with all types of people. I would love to have conversations with people with with even more diverse and varying different uh, identities and, um, and and have uh, an extreme, extremely complex intersectionality uh, with, with what they identify as. And that's where I'm at with it. That's kind of how I feel. Um, I introduced a, uh, a format that was somewhat um, built on a panel. And um, I think with, <laughs> with uh, <laughs> technology such as Zoom and all these various things that have came out of this pandemic that have been popularized through this pandemic, I'm definitely going to utilize that. I'm definitely going to utilize a uh, kind of more panel conversations about topics that I know that there's more, there's enough people with varying um, point of views that I would like to highlight all in one place and for that dialogue to really represent what's really going on and what's really up with whatever particular topic that is. Um, I would love to have intellectual partnerships. I would love to partner with organizations, uh, universities, uh, nonprofits, um, all those different things, all those different things because, uh, because I really want that, uh, that, uh, not even say credibility, but I would want that kind of, you know, that somewhat of that legitimacy to show that I'm really trying to contribute to conversation that's building us up. Um, that's really building us up. And I think right now we really need to add resources and highlight the people who are doing the damn work either, you know, especially the people who are doing the work from an academic standpoint and a social justice standpoint. I think those people are the people that I want to intentionally highlight and in moving into the next five years, uh, in-person events, uh, group retreats and social experiments. Obviously, in-person events uh, come with a very heavy asterisk because what the hell does that look like moving forward? Um, I've had ideas. I've, you know, talked myself out of ideas. Um, but I think, you know, I want it. I think, you know, everything happens when it's supposed to. And um, I believe that that's going to be the thing that's going to be the game changer for me within this city of Chicago is, you know, curating and creating events that uh, people can have something to do, but also have something to, to leave with, some food for thought, some um, thought-provoking, entertaining, funny uh, type of, you know, time that I believe can be exactly what uh, people need just to, you know, have something else other than just a party or a kickback to uh, entertain themselves with. Uh, but then um, retreats, something that I've thought of um, – I'm not the, um, you know, health wellness guru of sorts, but something that I've, that's kind of been on my conscience and on my heart for quite some time now. And that is, and that is helping men with the things that we really need help with. You know, I think one thing that I feel like I see often is, you know, there is this energy of when it comes to men kind of, congregating it's usually about speak it's usually speaking to this very one-sided one-dimensional one definition of what man what men are and what manliness is and all these various things and I think that that's something that kind of needs to stop and I would love to partner with and bring together and curate um, collectors of people who can come together to uh, really build with each other and build something that 
is beneficial and that we all walk away with something that we really need and something that's beautiful. Um, something that we really can be built up from and be self-defined men versus being, you know, fitting into the boxes that have already been created. Um, and then obviously social experiments. Now when I say social experiments, I don't want to fuck with people. <laughs> I don't want to do anything wild and crazy. Like, you know, when you hear that being said, but kind of capturing the interesting parts of our society and culture um, on how we think and how we answer certain questions and how we approach certain things, the knowledge that we have, where are our blind spots, where are we ignorant of, what do we need to build up on, and kind of giving some sense of proof on that, getting a collection of interviews, that being by collection of interviews, creating some type of case study for people to participate in, some type of survey possibly, whatever that is, I want to do that. And that's another, even another reason that can be combined with those kind of intellectual partnerships to help them uh, organize uh, that information as well. I think that's one thing that I've noticed and thought about when it comes to my podcast. I have a collection of, of things that are, you know, centered around identity, centered around blackness, centered around uh, black womanness, centered around black, uh, black gayness, uh, centered around how we are and just how we are throughout life and just simply being. I think that is something that is already enough for a damn thing piece. But I want to make it make sense and um, and really kind of centralize what I'm trying to say and what I'm trying to find out and what I'm trying to figure out about the life that we live. Um, then let's go ahead and send it on, shall we? So I appreciate you all for tuning in and giving me your ears when you did because you didn't have to do it. And I really want to thank you all for really supporting me, giving me the encouragement to continuously understand and believe in my voice. Even though those moments of doubt, those moments of, should I even be doing this? Could I be putting more energy into something else? Have forever plagued my mind and, and conscience. But I think I always get those you know, subtle reminders that what I'm doing is right and what I'm doing is necessary and people appreciate it and people want it and people enjoy it. Um, my sending on is, my sending on call of action for today is what I call pick five. And it's up to you what you would like to choose. But because it's this, you know, celebratory, it's very celebratory uh, moment. I would love, love, love if everyone who is listening Everyone who hears this, whenever you're hearing this, no matter when you're hearing this, if you're hearing this on a on a replay a year from now, I want you to make sure that you do one of these five. Pick five. You can pick the five. You can pick from the five or you can do all five. That's up to you. No pressure at all. Only just letting you know this is what Descended On is. And that is share the podcast in whatever way that you want to being on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, review the podcast on whatever platform that you are listening to, um, listening on currently right now. Um, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe so that you don't miss anything that comes, um, next. Um, if you enjoyed this, make sure that you share it with other people and encourage them to subscribe as well. Uh, feedback. If you want to leave me, um, a direct comment, um, under you can DM me at Kings underscore memoirs or the Simply King Pod page. You can shoot me an email at lifeisking1 at gmail.com. 
with any feedback about something I've said, any information, corrections, any well actuallys. I accept that. I take it. Um, it all it only makes me better. Um, or just to build. And when I say build, build is obviously pretty open ended. But if you feel like the content that I'm providing, what I've expressed on this particular episode align with what you do with whatever, you know, your business or creative dealings are, let's re- reach out. Uh, reach out in those various ways I just discussed from uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, or uh, my email is lifeisking1 at gmail.com so that you can tap in and let it be known that, you know, I can definitely provide my platform, provide my expertise within um, with all other things that I, you know, I dabble in to, you know, try to help you in whatever way you want to. I definitely want to be a resource to all that listen to me. This isn't just entertainment. This isn't just something to listen to on a week-to-week basis, but I actually want to be an active member within uh, the ecosystem who can um, that you can interact with, um, that you can get something from, that uh, serves the community as well, because um, that's what I'm here for. That's what it is. That's what it's all about. Um, so that's, yeah, pick five. That's share, review, subscribe, feedback, or build. You can pick you can pick out of the five however many you would like to do, or you can pick all five. Uh, this is a way for my for the quote unquote universal algorithm al- algorithms and, and Google Analytics to really uh, put me in the spaces and places for more people to see who I am and see what I'm providing in these spaces. I truly believe in the product that I produce. I truly believe in my work. I truly believe in my voice and opinion. And I know that if you're listening to this up to this point that you believe in it too. Um, as I said twice before, and I'll say it once again, if you don't know now, you know you can listen to the Simply King podcast. Everywhere podcasts are available. Uh, you can actually actually now listen to me. Uh, you can let Alexa know. You can say, hey, Alexa, play the Simply King podcast, and I will certainly be pulled up. I'm currently, you know, trying to because there's people just popping up with podcast directories now and I'm making sure I'm getting on all of them. So I'm going to be on Pandora soon. I'll let you know when that pops up. Uh, I believe I'm actually already on there. Let me just say that. Let me just say that. Just look me up on Pandora as well if you utilize Pandora. Uh, but I'm on all streaming platforms. Um, follow me everywhere at Kings underscore memoirs, the Simply King pod page on IG. Um, follow me on Simply King podcast on Facebook. Make sure you like appreciate you um this is family science content i need you to not be stingy and try to consume it all on your own i need you to share some of this content all right this is the soulfully conscious podcast for humans simply being humans and we just made it to five years people this is the fifth year of me saying this very thing all right this is the soulfully conscious podcast for humans simply being humans i'm rodney perry and this is simply King. Peace. For a while, and it's finally time. You the pilot of the vessel, you the lifeline. Hanging on by a thread, I can barely breathe. Free falling through the sky to the one who leaves. I know sometimes I don't trust where I'm going, but I know.